The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is... Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. Weekly tips on marketing and building your profitable online business. From copyblogger.com. Yes, you are listening to the inaugural episode of Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. My name is Robert Bruce, and I'm here with the reclusive David Ogilvy of social media, Brian Clark. Brian, what's going on? Uh, thank you very much for that wonderful intro, Robert. Please don't ever do that again. Um, I'm doing fine. You know, busy, got a lot of stuff going on. It's conference season, so I'm city hopping a little bit. But uh, I'm glad that we are finally doing what we've been talking about for quite a long time, which is doing a radio show. Yeah, I am too. I'm excited about this. You, you've you had a, a long history, a love of uh, internet radio, and I guess you could call it podcasting. We're not going to call this a podcast, but how far back does that go? Like 1992, I think? Yeah, right. It was uh, pre-internet. I actually invented the word podcast. No, uh, you know, I've been a fan of radio since I was a little kid when I had like the AM transistor radio listening to Led Zeppelin, you know, waiting for Stairway to Heaven to come on. Um, But yeah, back in 2005, before I started Copyblogger, when I was had gotten out of my last business and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, I was dead set on going into podcasting. And uh, we'll never know what would have happened if I would have done that instead of uh, starting Copyblogger. But uh, hey, now we got the best of both worlds. We've got Copyblogger and we get to do our own radio show. Yeah, well, we've got a lot to uh, go over today. This thing is going to be crammed uh, every Wednesday tips, philosophies, strategies about marketing online. But as we're starting out here, I just want to briefly ask you, why bother? I mean, what's, why is the stuff of internet marketing for smart people important to know and more crucially to put into practice? Well, you know, we're coming up on five years of content on Copyblogger and the archives are just stuffed full of basically what we do and what we know. And and we've tried to share that with everyone. But the one thing about blogs is, you know, they're not really organized well. Um, Unless you make a concerted effort, things kind of disappear into the archives. Sometimes I'm surprised when I find something from three or four years ago and I'm like, oh, I don't remember writing that. Um, But this show is a way to unify concepts that Uh, have come at people at various times and in various order. Um, And it's also a good way to introduce people to um, a course that we've put together, which of course is also called Internet Marketing for Smart People, but it's delivered in a more traditional text format. Um, But the audio show that we're doing here, I think really drives home the core principles and if people, you know, want to dig in deeper, we've also put together this free course that really ties together the whole copyblogger strategy. Yeah, so we'll be bouncing a lot of ideas here from that Internet Marketing for Smart People email newsletter and that course, which, by the way, we'll have a link in the show notes to where people can find that. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about those ideas a lot of um, a lot of other stuff as well, obviously, as we go on through the weeks and months of this show. But your reclusivity aside, 
you uh, managed with the amazing Sonia Simone. I just want to talk about here for a moment. You guys headed over to Vegas about a week and a half ago. Uh, like you said, you're in the conference season now, and you delivered a keynote talk that was interestingly titled uh, The Seven Harsh Realities of Blogging for Bucks. This title is interesting to me because we live and work in this culture, this online blogging and marketing world. It's a culture of hype, right? Uh, if you if you get around the block a few times around here, it, it'd be easy to believe, in other words, that 20 great posts and my boxer shorts equals a million bucks. So why is such a downer on this Vegas keynote? Well, first of all, I'd like to once again address this reclusivity. It's just there's not with this business model, I just don't have to leave the house. So how's that for hype? But, <laughs> you know, and, and that's kind of the idea. Um, it's it's nice to wake up in the morning and, and check your stats and see how much money you made while you slept. But that didn't happen overnight. It didn't even come close to happening overnight. And that's where the hype can be dangerous, which is people get these misconceptions. They get promises from perhaps some less than scrupulous sources that are trying to sell you something expensive based on the promise of overnight success. So the title, Seven Harsh Realities of Blogging for Bucks, was really a way to help people accelerate their success, believe it or not, because once you get these misconceptions out of your head, the stuff we do is not complicated. That's what we called uh, the course in this show, Internet Marketing for Smart People, because you don't have to be a genius to do internet marketing. You just can't be dumb enough to believe the get rich quick hype. OK, so with the keynote that I did with our own Sonia and Darren Rouse of ProBlogger, we just kind of took these seven things that that people get hung up on and that really kind of hold them back until they on their own figure out that hey, this is not really how it works. Uh, I feel like a dummy and I've wasted three years. Well, I wasted my first three years. You know, I mean, we've <laughs> Chris Brogan was a 12-year overnight success. You know, so a lot of people who are doing well now in this space have put in a decade or more getting here. The great thing is that there wasn't this much information back when we started. So there's no reason why it should take a decade um, it'll still take a time investment. But, you know, some of the things we covered in the keynote, number one, you can't just give away everything for free and have the money just roll in. It, it doesn't work that way. The main principle in our model is you give away free content that is tightly related to something that people want to buy. Now, when you first start out, you don't have to know exactly what that is. I didn't know what I was going to sell when I started Copyblogger, but I knew with a combination of the content and the audience I was attracting that opportunities would arise and the audience would basically tell me what they needed, you know, uh, through their comments, through social media, just watching, listening, observing. Um, another one that Darren addressed was the old internet cash machine, you know, that you often see these really hypey. Uh, internet marketing products and promotions. And Darren said he worked on his digital photography uh, platform for, for two years, you know, put a lot of work into it, didn't really make much money. 
But when he sold his first ebook two years later, it was like a cash machine. He actually woke his wife up and said, you need to come watch this. And he kept hitting refresh on the sales thing. And he made like a hundred grand that week. You know, I mean, it was a breakthrough moment for him. So it's not that it can't happen. It's not that it doesn't happen. It's just that you've got to be patient and get there. So really what we did was here's seven things to get rid of. Forget about these things. They're just going to hold you back. And when you do that, you'll be able to focus on the core fundamentals that really work and what really will lead to that day when you're really having success, whether with a new business or promoting your existing business. Yeah, that title really was a great headline, right? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, in terms of, in terms of uh, what it was actually. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a great headline. Well, if you look at the uh, popular articles on the sidebar of Copyblogger on the right side, um, this is something that has become apparent and proven itself over and over and over. The negative headlines attract more traffic and comments and social media sharing than the hypey positive promise things, you know, because everyone's been taken before. And there's another interesting aspect to that, which I wrote a post about. I believe it was called the What Not to Wear Guide to Online Marketing, in which it's proven that pointing out mistakes helps people learn better than telling them what to do, tell them not what not to do. And that's actually based on psychological research. They train firefighters that way when they focus on mistakes that have been made by other firefighters, retention and performance goes up compared with do this, do this, do this. Real quickly, I wanted to talk about this uh, point number four, which was about authenticity. No one actually wants that much authenticity. And this has got to be one of the biggest, heaviest buzzwords of the last five years. You know, we tend to think, I guess the popular notion of authenticity has become online. Hey, I'm in, sitting on the, uh, you know, sitting on the toilet of the Beverly Hills Hotel. How are you guys kind of tweet, right? <laughs> like, just too much information. What do you mean by that? No one actually wants that much authenticity, aside from the obviousness of the question. Yeah, I mean, this is my big sticking point that I always try to make a point uh, to to get across to people, which is authenticity is number one, but not the way you just described and not the way most people think about it. Um, you know, another common misconception is authenticity is the real me. Well, who's the real you, the guy who goes out drinking with your buddies and, you know, at the strip club or the guy who goes to Sunday evening dinner with his mom? Are you the same person exactly in those two contexts? No, of course not. So um, Seth Godin nailed this probably the best in one of his worst selling books because people misunderstood the, the title. It was called All Marketers Are Liars. He, he's now changed it to All Marketers Are Storytellers, which is what he really meant. But authenticity is not about you. It's about the audience. It's what they find authentic and what they want to bond with and, and the story they want to hear. So it's, it's really an aspect of being the aspect of you that meshes well with your audience. So on the blog at Copyblogger, I... It's a part of me. It's an aspect of me that's a little bit more professional, perhaps, than me and you in New York at the bar, right? So 
you know, you, I think authenticity so much is just a way for everyone to go back and forget that it's, you know, what's in it for them and go back to, oh, it's all about me. I mean, really, I think that's what our egos want. We want it to be all about us and for the world to find that fascinating. And it's pretty rare that that happens. Yeah, you have to be a, uh, I don't know what, uh, Vincent Van Gogh or uh, Keith Richards to make that work, right? Hey, Keith Richards has got a great act. You know, who knows? I mean, he may drink tea behind the scenes and all of it's, you know, he's, right. he's even admitted that he's made up stories. Like the time he said that he snorted his dad's ashes. I mean, he lied. He just, <laughs> he's just messing with people, but it's part of the myth, right? So yeah. in rock and roll, being that outrageous is what sells. Um, if you're trying to sell real estate, I don't know that I want a guy who's that crazy showing me houses. I, I, I might not want to get in the car with that person. So that gets to the very heart of uh, this idea and the practice of internet marketing for smart people. It's, it's actually simple stuff. It's not easy, but it's simple. So we talked a little bit about it in the opening. And uh, by the way, we'll have a link to the Blog World keynote that Brian, Sonia, and Darren did also in the show notes. So um, you can go there, watch the whole video. But let's get into kind of the um, a real overview of what we're going to be talking about over the next coming weeks and, and months, which is this idea and practice of internet marketing for smart people. So, you know, we talked about why does it matter? Why bother? But there are also really some basic simple, as you said earlier, easily understandable fundamentals that we're going to be hitting uh, in this show. We call them the, uh, the four pillars of internet marketing for smart people, and that is relationships, direct response, content marketing, and high-quality products. So let's take a look at each of these individually. And that first one, relationships. So, okay, marketing, it's many times viewed as a numbers game, right? You do the big ad spend, um, either offline or online and a certain percentage come in that you're going to, uh, a very small percentage that you're going to convert into paying customers. And then you go out and you spend more, right? I mean, that's obviously overly simplified, but why is it smarter to focus on relationships? Because when I think about relationships, I think about time, I think about effort, I think about, as opposed to getting my wallet out and spending money. Right, right. So, you know, marketing, and sales can still be a numbers game, but what makes the numbers move in the way you want them? It's the connection you make with enough people who actually want to buy it, it. You still need the connection. I mean, and in certain areas, it's very difficult to achieve such high numbers that you can have this minuscule half a percent response rate, which is what you'll see in direct marketing. So they, you know, offline, direct mail, things like that, they have these very targeted demographics. So in that context, um, the money's in the list. Getting the right list makes the difference between failing and succeeding um, and then being able to scale that because still response rates are, are really low. Um, but online, you don't buy a list. It doesn't work at all. People found that out in the 90s um, because, trust me, they tried. Online, and this really dates back to Godin's permission marketing from 99, is you build a list. You don't buy one. And how do you build that list? Well, you build it with content, and we'll get to that as a third pillar. But 
first you have before you ever get into developing content and i think a lot of people struggle with this is you have to understand who you're going after and and what kind of action that you want them to take so that's why we put relationships and direct response copywriting before you ever get to the content which is really the marketing engine you know the my my saying is content is the new advertising um but it can still be bad advertising if you don't know who you're talking to and you don't know what you want them to do, right? So online relationships can be built on a much smaller scale and still be extremely lucrative um, if you can hit all four of these pillars. But you got to bond with the people. And, and I don't mean you bond with them necessarily logically or intellectually. Um, you're, you're still going to have to have uh, a logically sustainable offer at the end of the day. It's got to make sense. But people, you know, make decisions based on emotion and they value human emotional relationships. So that whole thing, going back to authenticity, absolutely, you have to have an authentic relationship. And I mean relationship in more intimate than a mass media broadcast relationship, but it's still one to many um, or a small company too many. You can't correspond one-to-one with everyone. I don't care what anyone says. And that just doesn't scale anyway. But the idea here is that the relationships uh, that you develop with your audience is pillar number one. And we really kind of dig into that quite a bit Um on on copy blogger in the in the main content but uh in in the course as well because it's fundamental if you mess up step one the next three don't work out quite as well yeah all right we're going to get expand on that more as we go ahead and actually probably next week we're going to get into big time uh what that means and more of it but let's get on to uh pillar number two which is direct response which on the face of it you know, coming right after relationships can sound possibly crass. And even the word copywriting, you know, it, it can invoke these images of kind of the Don Draper and junk mail. But why are these direct response copywriting techniques important, you know, even in the age of social media? And are they really, really relevant? I'm kind of, uh, I'm hoping to kind of lead you into something I've heard you talk about before, that the, the two camps of marketing. So these direct response ideas are important, but you also have, you know, a social media side that says no way, no how, never can you use that stuff. And then the more hardcore internet marketing side that says that only, that only. Are they relevant and uh, why are they even important in this age of social media? Yeah, well, the two different the difference between the two camps is that one is a broader definition of of um, of response and the other is tightly confined to very high pressure sales. So historically direct response is a selling mechanism or an action mechanism. Um, you can equate it with something as cheesy as an infomercial, but you know, business to business companies do very sophisticated direct response marketing that is not cheesy at all. It's all about offering high value information to someone who wants it which leads to a you know a lead collection which leads to a conversation through a sales cycle okay so that's one extreme to the other you know you got the the snuggy on this end and you've got you know <laughs> 4 million dollar um 
you know, computer equipment or, or something on the other end or, or a manufacturing uh, a piece of equipment that is a long sales process, but it still, you know, begins with that initial response and instigation of, of the sales cycle, whether that's directly to a PayPal, you know, account, or it's uh, picking up the phone and, and starting to talk about it. But Copyblogger was founded on, on the premise, which, um, you know, I, I didn't really see anyone latching onto at the time. I don't want to claim that I invented it because I can't say that for sure, but I sure didn't see anyone talking about it. You cut uh, hell for it too in the beginning. Well, it, this, it always happens. When, anytime you talk about anything that uh, ruffles the status quo, hmm. um, you're going to make some people mad, but you also attract attention that way. And um, it, it cracks me up now when I see people on Twitter saying, well, copy bloggers, the old guard and, you know, mm. and just part of the mainstream. And I'm like, God, that was a quick change in five years <laughs> because I was a heretic at first. Yeah. But, but let me explain what I was saying, even from day one, which is it's been said many times, not only by me, that the Internet itself is a direct response environment. I mean, it's designed for me to talk directly to who I want to talk to as opposed to going through a middleman or a retail store or something of that matter, okay? Mm-hmm. So by definition, it's the greatest direct marketing platform ever. And again, direct marketing has different connotations. You can think, again, of junk mail or you can think of Geico and Dell. I mean, they sell direct to consumers, right? It's the same concept it's all context and the way you do things. So social media itself is all about getting people to take action. You, you put out a piece of content. You want uh, comments. There are ways to prompt people to leave more comments than not. You want someone to vote for your content at Dig, bookmark it at Delicious. That's a form of action. That's a direct response. You want someone to retweet your content on Twitter, share it on Facebook, that's a response. So it's a series. It's a um, uh, sequence of building an audience through getting response. And the amazing thing about social media is if you can prompt that response, it snowballs into more response that you're no longer instigating. Other people are talking about you and sharing your content And that has an amazing effect. I mean, we all hear from marketing people that word of mouth is the holy grail. Um, Other people can sell your stuff better than you can because people trust their friends and their colleagues and even people they follow on Twitter more than the vendor, right? So what you're doing through this series of response, you're building an audience, yes, but you're, you know, over time, you're building your own authority, credibility. People come to trust you. They know over time you're not out to, you know, harpoon them. Sonia has a great analogy of the harpoon versus the net. Everyone's fishing, but some people are out there trying to stab you through the head with a sales letter with, you know, right out of the gate. And other people are gathering an audience up in a very gentle kind of um, more organic way. Um, to achieve the same goal. One takes more patience, but it sustains a real business as opposed to just quick cash that may actually ruin your reputation uh, and certainly will in social media. A lot of 
the really successful big time internet marketers have just kind of blown off social media because the backlash against them is brutal. You know, people, you can't stop people from talking. And, uh, anyway, yeah, so harpoon and net, uh, article that Sonia wrote is fantastic. I'm going to link that up as well in the show notes. Did you, Oh, go ahead, go ahead and finish up on that. No, I just got to think, you've got to think about in terms of action and response. Uh, and a lot of people that are traditionally schooled in direct response weren't able to see that continuum. All they saw it was, is this is how you sell. Well, everything is selling. Um, the more you look like you're not selling, the better. So it's better to have a process than, again, the harpoon. Um, the harpoon can work in certain contexts, but, you know, that kind of marketing is basically, okay, can I buy enough pay-per-click traffic to throw at this sales page to convert enough to make a margin? And then, of course, you have to be able to buy more traffic to increase the actual money because it's so thin. Um, with our approach, you don't buy advertising. You're a little bit more patient, um, but you build a real business. You build a loyal audience. And get this, out, instead of pay-per-click landing pages, you're building a media asset. A lot of people don't know that right before we um, merged all the companies into Copyblogger Media, I was offered seven figures just for Copyblogger, just the blog. None of the businesses that, because Copyblogger doesn't make any money by itself. It's the businesses that we launched off of it, you know, but that is a media asset that has a lot of value. Why? Because we launched a seven figure business off of it four times, you know, I mean, that's a big thing for me. You hear me talking about people who do all their marketing on Facebook or uh, don't create content and think they're going to sell to people on Twitter. Not only is that ineffective, but you're missing an opportunity in history to actually become a part of the media sphere uh, for very little investment. And that's what all these big blogs that, that you, you know, we all hear about have done. Um, you know, what TechCrunch sold for a rumored 25 million may have been more. That's a lot of money for a blog. And that goes straight into, you know, how do you do that? The most effective way is this content marketing. But here we talked about this uh, uh, free problem above and how free is not a business model. So how is this going to be different from, you know, delivering really good stuff day after day or week after week, whatever your specific thing is? How is that different from this doomed uh, free business model that we talked about above? Well, okay, so, uh, you know, the content is the fundamental, and yet we, we just talked about relationships and, and, um, and the goal of the content before we actually get to the content, because this is where people screw up. They, they start providing uh, free content, um, sometimes very good content, but they don't have a clue who they're talking to, and they don't have a clue how they're going to make money from it. That so you know you, you understand why we we put it third because again you got to establish a relationship not just with an audience but the right kind of audience you got to get an audience that's interested in um, buying things frankly that people have problems that you can solve uh, most of the way with some advice and then the rest of the way with a product or service. Um, so, for example, an easy example of content marketing, and this is how I built the real estate brokerage that I um, built between 2001 and, and 2005, 
which was basically, okay, I have a business. We were in the business of representing people in the, in the acquisition of real estate. That's, you know, a very common business. I think people understand that, but we didn't have any offline marketing. We didn't have signs on uh, benches. We didn't have glamour shots in the grocery store cart, all this terrible marketing that realtors do, you know, there's no benefit to, you know, I mean, it's just bad marketing. It's just like a glamour shot and a guy saying, your neighborhood realtor, what does that mean? Who, <laughs> why do I care? You know, I mean, they're, they're really just hoping that people see their mug enough to where when they need someone, they'll go, okay, I'll call that guy. Mm. But I took a completely different approach. I knew that the people um, that were looking to buy real estate were, they started online, even back then. And this was the time when uh, the MLS data was being uh, allowed to be d displayed online through, through realtors, right? I was a broker. And so basically, I gave people what they wanted. Number one, at that time, pay-per-click was like shooting fish in a barrel, especially in real estate, because you'd have other realtors, you know, just throwing money at the homepage of their, of the Remax site. Um, they didn't understand what a landing page was. They didn't understand how to write copy that was beneficial, like focused on the buyer. And they didn't know how to establish an ongoing relationship with that person because when you buy a house, um, there's a buying cycle depending on whether you're local or you're moving from somewhere else. So it's imperative that you, you know, get them to listen to you over time. And the way I did that was with content. And then when they were interested in a certain home listing, I used this new IDX thing that allowed people to look at home listings and the lead generation thing when we said, you wanted more information on this house, it came to me. So it was really, you know, internet marketing for lead generation um, because no one really hires you online in that business, right? Mm -hmm. So it was still a, fundamentally a very offline business. I mean, the product was tangible. It doesn't get any real than real estate. It doesn't get any more local than real estate. And yet it was all built virtually. There was no office. There was nothing. Okay. So the, the really honed in picture of this content marketing in this case was you were bringing in these listings uh, uh, to a very specific geographic area, right? It was uh, whatever it was, Dallas-Fort Worth, or was right. it even more specific than that? No, it was Dallas-Fort Worth. Okay, so you're bringing in the listings. You're also writing and providing really useful articles on uh, – what's an example of, of an article that you wrote? Yeah, so, you know, you've got all sorts of first-time homebuyers in the market back at that time when real estate wasn't completely destroyed like it is now. Um <laughs> Yeah, so these people never built a house. So, you know, you offer them a, uh, a free report or a free series of information about how not to get burned when you buy a house, how, what to look for in a home inspection. I mean, just basic stuff that is related to buying a house that, you know, again, I, as I said before, increases your authority as a service provider. There, this, you know, so many people and especially service industries are like, well, I can't tell people all this stuff. They won't want to hire me. And my response is you must not be very good because we live in a service oriented society. I mean, people don't even wash their own pets anymore. You know, we, they've got pet hotels now. I mean, you know, yeah. it's amazing to me that service professionals aren't, aren't confident enough in, 
um, their own ability. But so the crux of it is, and, and that was a good example in the, in the real estate field, which is much more common now. It's not always executed perfectly, but you know, bloggers. I mean, uh, real estate guys and girls uh, really took to blogging quite a bit. Um, I think a lot of it could be better. A lot of times they're only talking to each other and not focusing on you know who they're ultimately after, which is home buyers and sellers. But it, it, it's a, it's just an illustration of the fundamental rule of content marketing, which is give away what people want in terms of information in order to sell them something related. And that can be, it's really effective for service providers, but we've built a whole business around doing that with software and online education. It it can literally work for, for anything. And and I'll take you back to the example I gave earlier in, in the business to business arena. Um, How did they use direct response marketing to sell $4 million manufacturing equipment? by giving away a white paper that explains how to solve the problem surrounding what the equipment does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just, it's that simple and, and sometimes can be that complicated because you've got to attract the right people with the information they want, not necessarily what you want to give. <laughs> and it's got to be related to what you're ultimately going to sell. Okay, we could go on and on. But let's move then into the final pillar for now, which is high-quality products. And this is kind of another one that, that bounces back to the, the idea of free and authenticity. Question is, can a business really offer products, make an offer in this social media environment? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's lots of businesses, even, even blogs such as TechCrunch and Mashable and, and the big tech blogs that – you know, you think are, are making their fortunes off of advertising. They do well with advertising because that particular area and those blogs are so big. I mean, the amount of page views you need to make serious money with advertising is a whole bunch. I mean, a whole bunch, millions and millions and millions. And that's not easy to do. Copyblogger doesn't get millions and millions of page views. And yet, you know, we do millions of dollars in sales a year. If we were an advertising-based company, we would probably do half a million tops if we really maximized ad sales, um, which is, is also harder than most people realize. Selling advertising is just like selling anything. So I think some people think, well, I want to blog and I want to make money online, but I don't want to sell anything. I'll just, you know, have advertising. Well, you are selling something. You're actually selling your audience to third parties. I'd much rather listen to my audience, uh, figure out what they need, and uh, you know, make sure that I'm the one providing it to them. Because at that point, I'm in charge of the quality and the customer service and all the stuff that really makes a difference. Because as Sonia loves to say, customer service is a highly effective form of marketing. I and mean, look at Zappos; you know, their whole culture was built around it. So getting some getting people to start buying from you is is important, and that again goes back to the copywriting. Um, if you're selling online, but how you treat people afterwards and what their experience is, it's what that's what really takes you to the next level. So the reason why the products are fourth is because the culmination of the first three, finding the right people and establishing a credible, trusting relationship 
a series of contextual responses, especially comments, especially watching what people say on Twitter, where they're getting stuck, what you didn't realize before. All of that is amazing free market research if you're willing to observe and listen more than you talk, um, which, again, I think is a common reversal in social media. People are so busy conversing that they're not listening. And then the content itself becomes the catalyst that accelerates all of that observation, feedback, etc. And and the, the answers reveal themselves. Like I said, when I started Copy Blogger, I only knew who I wanted to establish a relationship, and I certainly understood direct response copywriting, and I knew how to create quality content. But I didn't know what we were going to sell, and now we've got an entire product line with more on the way. And the audience told us. Every step of the way, that's what they wanted. Now, have I been surprised by how high demand was in certain areas and how demand wasn't as strong for other products? Absolutely. That's all part of it. Another important part of developing high-quality products is putting something out there and then, again, opening your ears specifically now to your buyers because they'll give you valuable feedback whether you're developing software or information products or online education training, it's an iterative kind of thing. You get better as you go along. 37 Signals um, advocated that in software. We, we follow that with our software as well. But we advocated it with teaching sales when it comes to developing information products and training programs. Because you're never going to get it exactly right out of your own head. You can get close, but you're never going to get it exactly right. And to think otherwise is an exercise in ego. And across the board, you'll kind of see they're more important than your ego. And if you can't get over that, it gets very difficult to succeed at the highest level that you'd like. This radio show is an iterative process. (laughs) Man, as you can see, we've got our work cut out for us. Uh, This is going to be really cool, I think. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot to go over, and uh, we're going to do it in the next uh, in the next weeks and months. So with that, uh, we're going to take Hemingway's advice and stop for the day uh, while we still know what's going to happen next. Let's see. We're going to do this on Wednesdays, right? Is that the idea? Uh, that, that is the idea. Every Wednesday, you can come here, the Internet Marketing for Smart People radio show, and you can also get ahead of us and prepped for future episodes, all of you out there listening, by doing one simple thing, and that is to uh, to sign up for the Internet Marketing for Smart People email newsletter. We're going to have a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, the the cor- the twenty part course is is absolutely free. It it's comprehensive. It covers what we're going to talk about in the radio shows in a uh, in a very structured and, and comprehensive way. It's also in text, so you don't have to take notes. You can keep every lesson in any way you want to. We have people who put them in a file in their email inbox. We have people who print them out. There's a lot of people who have uh, signed up from the course and uh, our feedback has been exceptional. And uh, that's really what prompted us to do the radio show because, you know, sometimes uh, people aren't sure, is, is this right for me? And, you know, everyone likes to listen to something in the car or on the uh, iPod, iPhone, whatever. So we're definitely going to be sharing some meaty stuff here. This call was just basically an overview because we could could keep talking for hours here. But that is not good for anybody. (laughs) So, 
It's so not good gonna, show business. Yeah, it's not good show business. So uh, we're going to sign off now with episode one. Um, give us some feedback in the comments on the on the show uh, on the show post because we'd love to hear what you think and what you'd like to hear. Um, and we'll always be talking about what's going on currently beyond um, the course. So tune in each week. You can get the show delivered to you by email or by feed just by subscribing to the general copy blogger feed, which is on the left-hand sidebar of the site. And uh, that is Internet Marketing for Smart People, radio number one. Thanks, y'all. Brian, I'll talk to you soon, man. Bye, Robert. Take care. Internet Marketing for Smart People, radio. Weekly tips on marketing and building your profitable online business. From copyblogger.com.